You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. You see that open your Bible. It's the second letter of Timothy, the second letter of Timothy, and then John chapter 16. Family of God, we have been talking about how to overcome fear. And you know that God has given us the power to do that. The enemy wants to try and take us down. He's done everything he can, and he's been busy at it ever since Adam in the garden. But you know in the last two years, he's really unleashed fear in the earth at an unprecedented level that I haven't seen in my lifetime where people are afraid about everything. They're afraid to move. They're afraid whether this is going to happen, whether that's going to happen. They're afraid to do this or do that. They're afraid. I mean, you think about it. This person saying go this way. This person says go that way. Don't take this, but take that. And this is not, and this will kill you. And this will. And, and it's like, where is the answer? And if we don't have the truth, we're going to be in fear. The only reason we have fear is because fear is the absence of faith. Fear is the inability to put faith into action. And that's the thing is that when fear comes along, it can contaminate faith. Even the faith you have can be stopped in a moment because of fear. Remember when uh, Peter was in the boat and Jesus was coming out walking on the water, all the disciples were there and they thought it was a ghost and they were all in fear. And then Jesus says, don't fear, it is me. And then Peter said, well, Lord, if it's you, tell me, come. I always wonder, how did that go? Well, if you're out on the water, I'm coming out there. And without even hesitating, Jesus said, come. He didn't say, now, hang on now. Do you realize what you're asking? I mean, I'm Jesus. You know, I get to do this. I'll be famous for it one day. But come on, you haven't yet been to water walking school. You know, you don't, I mean, I've been at this for a long time. I'm God, you know, in a body. Who do you think you are? No, Jesus in a moment said, come, come. And what happened? Peter stepped out that boat and he's walking and he's walking on the water. Get a hold of that. He's walking. Why? Because Jesus said he could. I mean, physical sign. If there was a scientist there, he would have spoken Peter out of it. He would have said, now, come on, be realistic now. I mean, we're talking about water here. And there may be other skeptics saying, well, maybe there's uh, sunken something under the water that he's walking on. Maybe there's like a perspex slab or something. (laughs) You know, there's there's magicians that have tried to mimic that. And what they've done is they put a walkway just under the surface of the water. There was none of that. There wasn't any. I mean, he's walking on water. doesn't make any natural sense, except Jesus said it. Jesus said it. And as he's walking on that water, next moment, he comes to realize there's waves and there's wind. Now, listen, the waves and wind were already there. But now what happened is it suddenly become his attention. What's happening? The enemy is reminding him, look at the wind. Look at the waves. You've been in storms where you've almost died, where your boat might have been wrecked in the past. You know friends who drowned in the storms, and now all of a sudden you're not even in a boat. You're walking out here on the water, and all these thoughts start bombarding him. And the moment he gave attention to the thoughts, he began to sink. I mean, here's a man with water-walking faith, and he began to sink. What happened? 
The enemy got his mind off the word of Jesus onto his thoughts. And the moment he did that, that fear stopped his faith from working. And all of a sudden, he started to sink. Family, what do you think? All this noise on television, all the noise coming through YouTube, and all the WhatsApps that people are sending to each other. What is that? Water. It's wind. It's waves. It's wind. It's waves. It's, it's trying to get us off, the, to distract us from the Word of God. God said, I will restore. God said, I will prosper you. God says, I have healed you. He said, I saved you, and you believed that, and you got saved. Every other word is just as sure as he has saved you. Get a hold of that. Now, I want you to see that, because that's exactly what he's trying to do, is get us distracted with all this noise, and it's just wind and waves. That's all it is. And the whole idea is to stop us trusting what God originally said in his word. Now remember, Paul told Timothy in chapter 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 1, he said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, that's the area. That's the battle, the sound mind. You have been given a spirit of power. Who's that? That's the Holy Spirit. And of love, that is God himself. And a sound mind. See, fear is a demonic spirit. We've got to see that. We have to see that. That's why we do not tolerate fear in our lives. We don't embrace our fears. We don't face our fears. Not, no, that's not, there's no thing as our fears. Fear is not from me. It's from the devil. Same way, I, I, you know, I, I can't just conjure up my own faith. Faith comes by. Hearing, hearing by the word of God. So the same when fear shows up, I realize that is Satan. That's the enemy that's trying to take me off the word of God. And God hasn't given you that. That's from the enemy. But God has given you his spirit, his power, his love, and a sound mind. Just lift your hand and say, I have received the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. Remember Jesus told us in John chapter 16, verse 33, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. That in me you may have peace. His desire is for you to have peace. What is peace? Peace is that rest, that nothing missing, nothing broken. The knowledge that everything you could possibly need, want, or desire has already been satisfied in you receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That you could have peace. Now, in the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. Lift your hand and say, my Jesus has already overcome the world. I'm of good cheer. I'm excited about my future. Family of God, our, we, we need to learn to smile and rejoice even if our mind doesn't feel like doing it. 
We need to say, you know what? I don't care how, how I feel. I don't care how down or depressed I am feeling. That is not from God. You know, in the morning, we've been talking about praying in the Spirit, praying in other tongues. When somebody's sad, depressed, worried, in anxiety, that's not the time to, to call the pastor and say, please, would you pray for me? Now, if, you don't, if your faith's been struggling and battling, then get hold of somebody. The Bible says if you, if you need healing, call the elders and together the prayer of faith will heal you. But family of God, I don't care how much somebody else prays for you until we ourselves resist that. I, no doctor can fix that. He can prescribe antidepressant medication. And all that does is it depresses the depression. It just hides the symptoms. You can't medicate a demon away. It can just do something to your physical body. What I'm saying is, if we're feeling run down, feeling sad, feeling depressed, it is because we are thirsty, we are hungry, we haven't eaten our spiritual meal. You know when you're hungry in the natural. Come on. We, you know, we talk about hangry. <laughs> when someone's so, so hungry, they start to get angry. Uh, you know what that feeling feels like. So what do you do? You, you go and eat the, eat the meal. Isn't that right? You don't just take a tablet to take the hunger away. If you're thirsty, what do you do? You go and fill a glass of water and you drink. Isn't that right? How much do you drink? One glass, two glass. You keep drinking till you're not thirsty anymore. So the same way when your spirit is thirsty, when you're crying out, I need Lord, help me. We need to get before God and just begin to pray in the spirit. God has given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Jesus has already overcome the world. And so I need to stir myself up. In, the pres in His presence is fullness of joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. If I'm feeling weak or run down or hopeless, it's because I haven't been in the joy of God. I've been watching stupid news, bad news, people that don't know God speaking and saying things are going to get worse and numbers are going up and, and this is going to happen and there's going to be a this wave and a that wave and, and, and just people saying stuff and, 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 and just saying it without any backing to it other than, you know, it's probably going to happen. And if we keep listening to that, that's what's going to contaminate us. We need to stay in faith. I said we need to stay in faith. Look at this is the same context, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, John writes here in verse 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Remember, Jesus said he has overcome the world. So if you're born of God, you've overcome the world. See, whenever you're born of God, you are born of whatever he is. Isn't that right? When, 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 when you know, if, if, if a woman is pregnant, and they say, you know, you say, when are you due? And they say, well, I'm due in, in August. And then when August comes around, you say, you know, you maybe you on Instagram, whatever you see, oh, they're going into hospital now and we're about to have our baby. And when the first photo comes out, what do you expect to see? What do you think they're going to be holding? A little puppy? A kitten? What, what do you expect to see in their hand? A human. Why? Because humans give birth to humans. 
You are born of God. You get a hold of that. You are the offspring of God, what the Word calls you. You are born of His Spirit, the same Spirit, species, being that God is. We're not God. He is God. There's only one supreme God who is sovereign. There's only one Creator. But as the Creator, He created you in His image. Hallelujah. Say, I'm born of God. Now, God is love. Isn't that right? And so a human born of a human is a flesh. So a spirit born of God, spirit who is love, you are born, you are born of love. You are love. He is light. You are born of light. You are light. You getting this? The presence of God, the very power of the Holy Spirit is the anointing. Where the Spirit of God is, there is power. It's not like the Holy Spirit left His power on the shelf over there. If He is Spirit, He is power. That's the very Spirit you're born of, Spirit of His Spirit. You're born and the very Holy Spirit dwells within you. Same power. The same power that said, light be, and this universe came into existence, dwells within you. Hallelujah. You're born of God. Say, I'm born of God. And so if Jesus overcomes the world, then that's exactly what you created for this. You are created for this moment. Hallelujah. Get a hold of that statement. You could have been born any time in all of history. But God knew what's coming. He knew where we would be today. And He decided this is the era you need to be born into. Because He's created you. And me, all of us as the church, with the capacity, the power, and ability to conquer this thing. To make sure that we are here as God's answer to this world. And whatever's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. That has, listen, that is past tense. As far as God looks at it, it's done. So when people cry, God, please help us. He's going, I have. It's been done. Why haven't we seen it? Because no one cries, restore. You and I have to stand up and enforce this. And he says, this is the victory that has overcome. What is it? Our faith. Our faith. Our faith. Say, my faith is not waiting on Jesus. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. Well, Jesus, why aren't you doing anything? This is what overcomes. Our faith. See, you and I are the ones that determine what faith we have. How do you do that? Romans 10 verse 17. Faith comes by how? Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You see that? You, we, we can't even say, God, please give me more faith. The disciples tried that. <laughs> said to Jesus, you know, increase our faith. He said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, it begins with the seed. The Word of God is that seed. See, family of God, we can't go ask God for more faith. He's already delivered His Word. So we need to hear it. You and I need to get into that faith. We are the ones that have to fill it up. And so if I'm feeling, I'm, 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 if I feel fear showing up, it's my fault for not being in the Word. 
Any anxiety that shows up in my life, it's my fault. I can't point it to anybody else. I don't care if someone pulls out a gun and points it at me. I will not be afraid because it's not the gun that makes me afraid. You can't blame the person. You can't blame the virus. You can't even blame the devil. If, I am in, if I'm feeling any form of fear, if I'm always aggressive, if I'm always losing my temper, if I'm feeling depressed, if I'm feeling sad and down, it is my fault. I have not filled my heart with the faith of God's Word. And how does faith come? By hearing. By hearing the Word of God. Now, just go up a few verses and you'll see how he gets to that verse. Because, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, with this whole thing of the church being closed, you know, the church is not the building and the, you can still be in your house and be the church. That wasn't God's design. I said that wasn't God's design. You go back a few verses. Yeah, look at verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And you come down to verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing. What hearing is he talking about here? From the preacher. See, family of God, that's why God called us as a church. It's not like we just decide which church we go to and really whether we go to the building or not, I'm still the church. No, He called us together and He deposited me into your life. You say amen. He gave me for what reason? To stir up your faith. See, God realized He knew we needed a preacher. We need somebody to deposit the Word of God in our lives. This is why I keep encouraging. I know we haven't been in our building, but don't miss these meetings where we're online. People think, well, you know, I can watch it later. And, and then while they're watching, you know, there it is on in the lounge. And, and uh, yes, yeah, just playing in the background. I'm going to go make myself a cup of coffee. Oh, look, the kid is so cute. He's busy building something. Yeah, let me draw with the baby. And meanwhile, there was in the background there. I'm telling you, family God, the enemy knows very well how to silence the word from your life. And when I hear the way Christians, some Christians talk, and the way sometimes you hear speech start to diminish, and then you hear they start saying things that they shouldn't be saying, and things are happening, and, and then they do this, and people that used to be strong in faith, now all of a sudden they're worried and concerned, but what's going to happen? It shows me that we haven't been giving attention to the word that we should be. You see, when we come to church every Sunday, at least that word is getting planted into our hearts. At least we got to fill up on a Sunday. And so the enemy thinks, well, if he can keep us away from that and get us into just a television mode, and it just becomes another program, then what happens is people are so busy watching this, watching YouTube, watching this program, watching that program, you know, all these different platforms of 
of streaming and everything. People's just watching. People give a lot of attention to all the entertainment programs. When last did we sit down with a CD and listen to the Word of God? When did we go through a whole hour of teaching? I'm not talking about a little five minute on, on Instagram and you know, yeah, oh, there Pastor Theo is speaking, oh, like, and then just scan past because he says five words, but we don't actually listen to everything, everything he says. Oh, there's a message from Pastor Alan. Oh, yeah, oh, that looks nice. And then we hear just four, six words and go, and we're just clicking like and go and go and like. I'm not talking, how are you supposed to fill that? Do you eat like that? <laughs> Do you eat natural food like that? You know, let me eat a bit, yeah, eat a bit there. No, we sit down and we have a meal. Isn't that right? If you want to eat healthy, you've got to sit down and have a meal. And so, family God, this is just a word of encouragement because I don't want the enemy to steal from your life anymore. I don't want him to destroy you. When we were together, I know people that were walking successfully and prospering and in health. doesn't matter what came their way. They could stand against it. Why? Because we're a household of faith. That's who we are. We stir one another up. And so now I'm doing that today, and I hope you're listening now online. I know many of you are right now connecting. I'm talking to someone that might pick this up later on in the week. But I'm saying don't leave it like that. Don't let this be a little snack and let it run like another TV program. Let's not just be one of the other entertainment channels. No, we need to make sure we're living in the Word of God. And that's every day, every day taking the Word, every day reading it. Every day, spending. What has God said to you today? Not I remember verses because if you ask me, I can quote it. I'm saying, has God spoken to you today and tomorrow and the next day? Take the Bible, read it, get out a message, listen to it. Get it, even if it's not a CD, get it onto your phone, whatever. But take time, put it aside, not just let it run in the background. Draw aside, notebook, pen, Bible, listen. And take down the Word of God. Because I, when we preach these messages and put them out, it's by the Spirit of God. I don't do this just so that i got a job. Come on, there's, there's other things that I can do that, that I could probably make much more money doing. It's not about the money. We're not out to do this for, for gain or, or any. It's, it's because God's called me as a preacher. He's called me to be the voice of the Word of God in your life. Don't tune me out. Don't let the enemy steal that. Don't let it fade away. When we start to question what the pastor says, well, I don't see it that way anymore. I don't agree with that. I don't. What are we doing? We are filtering out God's voice that He's put in your life and destined for you to hear the word to bring the faith that you need. See, this is what drives Jesus. Have a look at Matthew chapter 9. Verse 35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages. What did he do? Teaching. He's teaching the word of God. Where? In the synagogues. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He's healing every sickness and every disease among the people. This is Jesus. The same yesterday, today, and forever. What you see happening there, he still wants to do today. And then he says, but... When he saw the multitudes, everybody say multitudes. He was moved with compassion for them. What's compassion? It's love in action. It's love manifesting. He was moved with compassion 
for them because they were weary and scattered. Weary and scattered. Isn't that the world today? People have grown tired of all. They're just shell-shocked with all the different types of news about what's going on. Weary and scattered. Like sheep, now listen to this, having no shepherd. So it's not just about being a sheep. It's not just about being born again. It's not just that I'm a Christian. I can be a Christian at home. I don't really need the organization. No, when Jesus sees sheep, he's not even talking about the lost. Sheep without a shepherd. God designed his church to have a preacher. You can say amen. God designed you as a sheep, and he sent me and Janine as a shepherd into your lives. For what reason? He says, yeah. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Notice he didn't say zoom to them. He said, send them into the harvest. The church is supposed to be out there in the harvest. So he wants a shepherd to raise and train and equip laborers to be soul winners. Say, that's me. Amen. That's your and my responsibility. Family, the harvest is ready. We are ready for one of the greatest revivals of all time. The harvest is ready. But now notice, pray, 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 pray. God's ready. It's your and my responsibility to pray and to intercede and birth the church. Christians are born when Christians, when other Christians pray. When the church prays and intercedes. See, family God, Revelation 12, 9 tells us the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives how much? How much does he deceive? How many? The whole world. The whole world is deceived by Satan. But you notice, yeah, he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the gospel, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. You notice, Satan's purpose, his primary goal is to keep people from seeing the truth because he knows the day you find out who you are in Christ, that you are born of God with the same power of God in you, and you find out that that word, if you dare believe it and then speak it, God will personally oversee it and carry it out. And you will have what you say. The enemy is petrified of you finding that out. So he will blind minds. He'll stop the mind from getting it. Now, if he can do that with unsafe people, 
Don't you know he's still trying to do that even with saved people? What happens when someone's born again and that veil is removed? You can put a veil back. He can use all kinds of fear, worries, and anxieties. Get Instead of focusing on the Word, watch all the worldly stuff. Watch all the worldly programs. Watch all the fear-mongering. Watch all the news that talks about death and destruction. And get us focused and not ever getting near the Word. He can put a veil right back up there, even though we're born again. And when somebody says something about the Word of God, well, I just don't see it that way. What's that? That's a veil. That's a veil that's been put there. So how do we get rid of that? Look at verse 5. Verse 4. Their minds, the God of this age, blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the glory. Everyone say the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ. That's the image of God which shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. What's Paul saying? I'm the preacher in your life. And I don't preach what I want to preach. I preach Christ the Lord for Jesus' sake. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the, listen to this, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Family God, I am a preacher sent into your life to shine the light in the darkness. And if you would get that and receive it, that same light shines in you. We are not influenced by darkness. We are not influenced by fear. But of love, power, and a sound mind. That's the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ that has been shone forth in our hearts. See, 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, We do not look at the things which are seen. Why? They're temporary. We don't look at that. We don't focus on those things but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. We're talking about eternal things here with eternity in mind. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. This mystery, which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to His saints, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. Why? That we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Now that's not just talking about being perfect at you, this good little upright person. This perfection is talking about maturity. Prevent, pre present you mature. Family God is my responsibility to raise each and every one of us as mature believers of Christ. Listen to what it says there. Him we preach. That's why I preach the Word of God. That's why I use His Word to preach, not my opinion and my idea, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. 
See, family God, when I pick up on things and I hear things in the realm of the Spirit and I know what people are thinking and saying, God will give me a word and help encourage. And we need to change our confession to the Word of God. If I've been saying the wrong thing, then correct it. If I've been thinking the wrong thing, change the way we've been thinking. Why? Because it's in this preaching of the gospel of Jesus that we will see that we will see wisdom showing up and that we can be this mature believer of Christ. See, God wants you to know the riches of the glory of the mystery among Gentiles. What is that glory? It's Christ in you. It's Christ in you. See, that's the difference between us as believers, as children of God in the kingdom of God, and any other religion. Any other religion. God's kingdom, Christ in you, is the only way where the Creator, the God that we worship, lives inside his creation in you. Every other religion serve gods outside. They've got statues and other things that's all external. Any form of religion is anything under the laws and things like that. That's all produces condemnation. But Christ in you brings a conviction. It brings an unction. See, to change this world, I don't care how strong your police force is. I don't care how powerful the army is. You cannot stop violence with violence forever. You can use violence to stop violence in that moment. But then you're going to have to keep exerting that power and that force all the time and keep using. And that's where tyranny is born. You can't shut out violence with violence. It just creates more violence. But you get someone born again and their heart is transformed and changed and God Himself, the very Spirit of God, comes to live within that person. That person won't even think of shooting somebody else. Won't even think it. It's not even like it's there. It won't even think it. You getting a hold of this? See, family God, that's you and me. We don't stop what's happening in this world by hiding in our houses. We do it by getting out amongst society and leading people to Jesus. Because when they're born again, then the healer lives within them. Stronger, more powerful than any medication. The provider of all things dwells within your heart. Can supply every need more than any bank could ever give you a loan for. The mind of Christ, better than any university, can educate you. You can know the mysteries of the universe. Family of God, that's you and me. We born for this moment. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hear me as your preacher. Stay tuned in. 
Stay listening. Don't let the enemy distract us anymore. Hear the word of God. It's maturing you. It's taking you to the fullness of what God's designed you for. This is your moment. Take it now. Let's stir one another up. I believe that we as the church are once again revived. And revival is not for the world. It's for you and me. But as we stir up and we wake up as the church, we're going to see multitudes coming to Jesus. Let's do it. Let's mobilize. Let's make it happen. Come on. Shout amen. Give Jesus praise tonight. Come on. Give Him glory right there in your house. I want to hear you. Even if you're just one voice. Make a noise for a crowd. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise you, Father. Amen. Just lift your hand and say, I've heard the word tonight. I have had faith stored up, raised up, stirred up. My heart is full of faith. I'm ready to go out and do what I'm called to do. That is to lead others to Jesus. Christ in me is the hope of glory. I thank God for the preacher in my life. I receive the word as spoken by him as from God. It is God's word that brings faith to my heart. And as I receive that faith, I mature and I grow and I become that perfect man in Jesus' name. And in Him, in Christ, I can do all things. Even as He has overcome the world, so have I. I've overcome the world. I've overcome fear as I live in the fullness of the power of God, the love of God, and the mind of Christ. I thank God I have overcome the world. In Jesus' name, I have the victory. Come on, give Him praise. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Jesus.